everybody, my name is Matt Dan, and this is On The Rocks from Y Yoga Studios. And today we have our usual crowd of panelists. Hello, Matt. Hello, Roby. Hello, Matt. Hey, everyone. Today we are going to talk about the purpose of yoga. Now, not a big topic at all, right? So, and after this, the guys are going to talk about what existed in the universe before the Big Bang, mm -hmm. and then they'll go on to the meaning of life. So it's a broad broad topic the purpose of yoga so why don't we start with a few definitions meanings what is the meaning of yoga robbie wow that's um it's a great question and um thanks for asking that i think it's quite important to to answer this question and, and a lot of times we don't really talk about it in yoga class of course if you come to a retreat maybe a teacher training You'll be you'll be exposed to this question, and and uh, for us yogi seekers, it's nice to travel back in time to understand the roots of yoga, where it comes from, and what changed since the beginning. So, if, of course, if you want to trace it back, the word yoga has Sanskrit origins. Some scholars says that uh, the word yoga comes from the Sanskrit word yuj. Maybe I'm uh, mispronouncing it, but the word, the, um, the the root word, the Sanskrit word, uh, basically it's a word that means to yoke, to join. Okay, mm -hmm. and of course this word became yoga, and sometimes it's translated as union or um, balance or harmony, but it's not really correct or not hundred percent correct. So of course. If you want to travel back in time, and again, back to those ancient teachings, ancient, ancient meaning maybe two, three thousand years old, the definition of yoga was very different back then than maybe today, at least for some of us. So now, again, traveling back two thousand years and starting maybe with the uh, one of the scriptures, the sutras, for example. Mm -hmm. In the sutras, the yoga or the word Yoga is defined as basically it's, it's, it's a practice of stilling the mind or the fluctuations of the mind. That's basically a simple translation according to the sutras. So yoga is really the bringing the mind into stillness mm -hmm. and basically describes the path, how to move the mind into stillness and what happens when we're in stillness and also what happens when we're not in stillness. Okay, so basically we can say that yoga is a path, it's a method, but it's also a state. So sometimes it, it can be confusing because not only one thing, when I say I do yoga, of course you do certain techniques, you follow maybe a method, a lineage, a tradition, but yoga also means a state, a yogic state, uh, a mental state, and that's usually the outcome or the result of the method that you do. And that's, that's why it's, uh, it's hard to define. And, and again, it depends how you look at this word yoga. So as mm -hmm. mentioned, it's really the technique you do, the path you follow, but it's also the result, what you achieve through that practice. Yeah. To yoke, perhaps given that we are in Brussels and in a very multicultural, multilingual context, what does that actually mean? So yoke, if you say yoke, yoking, it means combining, bringing at least two things together, two, three, or even more. So when you combine two or three things, elements, what happens? It becomes one, right? So basically that's the journey. 
we're combining, we're yoking, we're uniting different layers, elements. And then through that fusion, we reach a state. Sometimes we call it yogic state. In an yogic state, we can experience a sense of calm, peace, harmony, uh, maybe the experience of oneness. So that's basically the state of yoga. We achieve that by combining these elements. And elements can simply be body, mind, breath, thoughts. So basically, there are many layers we can uh, think about as basically a focal point of the practice. Yeah. Like yoke, to yoke something, is it's a really old word. And it's what you would do with oxen to the plow. You yoke the oxen to the plow. Mm. And I like that idea because as you say, you're, you're, you're putting two things together. One of them is a tool and one of them is power or um, an engine. And together, the tool with the right kind of power will bring something else that the two of them apart couldn't do. And I think that's maybe why Simplified, we talk about union rather than about yoking together. You talked about the Yoga Sutras from Patanjali. Is there anything in the Bhagavad Gita about yoga, about defining yoga or saying what yoga is? Yeah, I think it's uh, maybe for us seekers, practitioners, the Gita can be sometimes even more confusing because at least in the sutras, there's one definition about yoga. In the Bhagavad Gita, uh, when we look at the dialogue between uh, Krishna and Arjuna, uh, Krishna, I think it's more at least... 900 definitions of yoga so it's a bit hard to define and and again that really depends how you look at that balance it can be according to the gita it can be a balanced body balanced mind balanced thoughts balanced intellect or basically having that mental state we call it equanimity and and according to the gita that's really the goal of yoga to reach that equanimity that you can live in this world still connected to this world not really affected what you experience in this physical world so in the world but not of the world you can say that it's nicely put yeah yeah it's not it's not my phrase i think it comes from the bible the one thing i remember about arjuna saying about yoga in the gita is Yoga is so hard. <laughs> the path is, is hard. hard. Yes. That that's the impression that that I was left with. Uh, there's one uh, nice one that I, I quite like, and uh, goes like that: that yoga is the practice of tolerating the consequences of being yourself. Oh, that's brilliant. I think it's 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 a good one, basically. Yeah. To, tolerate basically just simply accept that what you experience now is the consequence of what you thought about what you manifested through your thoughts and actions and then yoga is to really live with those results yeah and if you don't like those results then you have the power to change them how would you make the the definition more rich then because all what you said to me leads to that point that i understand that if you have to basically find mm -hmm. a catchphrase for yoga it is finding balance it's a way of having enough tools to find balance to find harmony if you don't find that it's enough how could you enrich the answer i like to say that yoga is really a tool for waking up waking up from a long dream waking up from the illusion just uh, understanding what's real and what's unreal and yoga basically helps us to cut through that illusion the illusion of of life 
the Matrix. Yoga is the blue pill, or is it the red one? <laughs> I think. I don't remember. Okay, we have to watch it again. But again, if 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 you want to, um, maybe to give you a more precise definition of yoga, we could say it's it's all about refining your awareness. Mm -hmm. So basically, it's a practice of refining your awareness, that your awareness becomes so clear that you begin to discern, as I said, what's real and what's unreal. Yep. And through that, as you wake up, you're bound to suffer less. You can catch a glimpse of freedom, liberation, contentment, and that might lead to the state of samadhi, perhaps, one day. Okay, so samadhi, if it, it, is it a combination of those things that you've just said, or, or what, what is samadhi? Samadhi, again, for me, it depends on the context. If you look at samadhi through the study of the sutras, it might be a little bit different than when you look at samadhi through another scripture, or uh, maybe if you ask a teacher. For me, samadhi, again, it's, it's not really a practice. It's more like a state that we can achieve. You can also say the frequency. It's beyond the mind, beyond the thoughts, beyond the ego construct. There's a place that's, that's your true, you could say, self, home, beyond what we experience right now. And of course, we're limited by language right now. We're limited by sounds, so of course there are no words, there are no labels to describe that state. We can say that it's, it's beyond all the labels, all the languages, sounds I think we can even imagine. It's um, beyond, you could say, duality, because what you experience right now, it's, it's a dualistic world. And that's what also yoga teaches us, that there's this world, usually uh, built on to, let's say, forces. And we can see these forces in nature, in the human body. So basically, how can we go beyond this duality? How can we transcend? And samadhi is beyond this duality, basically. Yeah. That really is like the big union, the union of everything and everyone. It's just one consciousness, you can say. Yeah. Is once I, um, I use the language and I say, I'm a male, I'm a yogi, I live in Brussels. You know, I use language to put a label on something, maybe to describe that I'm just saying I am. Yeah. Meaning that I am without any label. Yeah. I am. Robbie has told us about the, you know, the classical interpretations of what yoga means. And when we look at what its definition is, we can begin to understand what the purpose is. Um, is there only one purpose to yoga? Or could there be more than one purpose, depending on, well, could there be more than one purpose for yoga? I do believe that indeed, even though probably the um, ultimate goal is what Robbie said in this ideal world i think we probably live in a different world today than they were living during the bhagavad gita time and sutras time so if the goal is the same the ultimate yeah how can i maybe make it make maybe nuance a little bit probably the a goal so the, the ultimate goal is to reach that state of samadhi that state of oneness union whatever you want to call it 
but the purposes can be different also probably along the way. I think not everybody does yoga for the same reason. Mm -hmm. There are as many reasons as, as individuals. And I think probably in my experience, we'll all at some point look for the same thing. It might be through yoga. It might be through other practices also. I think probably one of the first reason why people start yoga it would be more for the phys physical aspects of it because that's the most famous nowadays or that's the most well known mm -hmm. and that the, that's what brings probably more people to yoga and that's why it's a little bit more trendy or it's it's growing still or or indeed it might it might be the easiest part of yoga that you can see a result from yeah it's yeah it's the easiest part bottom line because it's in a way it's easier to work on your physical aspect than on your mental aspect it mm -hmm. requires a little bit more willpower probably to to go to this those extra layers rather than just staying at the physical and also skill because if you go to an asana class the teacher can see your body and correct it If you go to a meditation class, the teacher cannot usually see inside your mind and hear what you're thinking and understanding where you are in terms of meditation, right? So even even if you have the will to do it, it could still be more difficult because it's a practice that you do entirely alone because it's in your mind. It is true, and I would even go further. I think it's probably one of the limitations of the yoga teaching as we know it. Mm-hmm. With the context that it is today, yoga used to be taught one to one. It was supposedly to be a, a guru and his uh, pupil relationship. Now we give we give to group classes, and of course, it's it is harder for a teacher to go really in depth with every individual in the room. And yeah, that's that's bring yoga probably into yoga as we know it today a little bit more limited compared to what it could be before. Yet, even though the purpose purposes can uh, can be different, the goal is the same. That's a little bit what I the distinction that I wanted to make. That probably yes, there are different purposes for everybody. We mm -hmm. want to be fitter, to feel less stressed, to different reasons that can bring you to a yoga studio. But the goal is the same. It's ultimately to feel more in harmony, or it might be a goal that or um, an effect that comes later on. What are some of the reasons that you've observed in running a studio for why they turn to yoga? What purposes do they seek from yoga? It's hard to say that people only come here or let's say do yoga for only one reason because we all have a very different background. We a very unique genetic makeup, life story, culture. So of course, when you show up on a mat for the first time, you have very different body than your neighbor's body. And and of course, on the outside as teachers, most of the time you only see the body. Of course, with time, yeah, we're starting to see some, let's say, energetic patterns in the body. But a lot of times it's more about an imbalance that maybe triggers the quest showing up on the mat. And if it's not a physical practice, maybe buying a meditation cushion, <laughs> going on a yoga retreat, a silent retreat, probably there's an imbalance, something that manifests a lot of times in the physical body. It can be a back pain, can be um, even just the mental stress, insomnia, I can't really sleep, I can't really relax, I can't find peace, I cannot concentrate, I have eating problems. There's so many imbalances that can trigger that quest. 
And of course, once you maybe cure that um, imbalance with life, you always create new imbalances. So, so you, you go a little bit deeper and starting to discover actually that imbalance was not caused by my job. Maybe with time, the deeper you could realize that all the imbalances that or most of the imbalances that you experience in your life, it's coming from the mind. So if you have good teachers, if you have good guidance, mentors, with time you will be guided maybe through the physical to the more mental subtle layers to understand that yoga ultimately it's a mental practice because it's really the mind that experiences suffering. And if you can go to the root, then we can maybe alleviate to remove that mental suffering or just simply understand we talked about this earlier this show and also eva mentioned or talked about this buddhist concept of the two arrows if we understand that concept we know that we create our own suffering so basically yoga just simply helps you to to as mentioned refine your awareness become more aware of your actions self-talk how you treat others how you treat yourself and through that you'll be able to have a balanced, ideally a healthy body, a healthy vehicle to travel through life gracefully. And in order so that you can continue this mental practice. And that's one of the reasons why we're doing this, right? Because you guys wanted to be able to share with the Y Yoga community a way to explain that yoga is a mental practice and to give people the tools, the assistance to be able to start that as well as their asana practice, which we're all doing at home on our own in front of a screen at the moment. For the moment, yeah. And I just wanted to bounce back on what Roby said, because I think it's also important to, to mention that I think probably asana practice is the easier part of the work, because we tend to always say like, oh, but it's simply calm the mind to find peace in the mind and those kind of things, those kind of phrases. But at the end, I think it's really the, the most complex part of the yoga practice. And I think everybody should be aware that it's complicated, that it's I mean, like the asanas at the end of the day. It's, it's easy. You just require minimum effort, a little bit of practice, and you'll be able to do a handstand if you really, if it's your goal. Mm-hmm. Whether calming the mind and and being able to tolerate yourself i think it's it's really the 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 hard part of it have you guys ever come across reasons that are not good reasons to start yoga that are not a good purpose for yoga so so that this doesn't sound like a completely crazy question you know there was a tradition in india where there was an arm of yoga where these roaming yogi traveling people and they would perform tricks for people and they would take money and so on. And they allegedly developed superpowers, being able to read people's minds or levitate or tell the future. Do you ever come across people who start doing yoga in order to do that? Or, or <laughs> to powers to be more powerful? Not that I remember. I think to me, the only wrong reason i have ever heard about somebody starting yoga it was a teacher that told us that she's noticed in a in a class that a guy was only there to check out the girls and i think at least in my opinion it's if your intentions are good if your goal is to basically impress your lover by doing a handstand 
and that's the reason why you start yoga just go for it and and potentially along the way you're going to learn that maybe it's not the most important thing in the planet yeah in the world and you might learn some different things but unless your intentions are ultimately bad and that you're trying to to be a stalker to someone or to steal something from somebody else by coming to yoga class i personally don't think there is that any wrong reasons to start yoga you might not like it You might not uh, keep practicing, but you might also learn more than that. I, I don't think I've ever met somebody that started yoga to feel one with the entire planet, to to be enlightened <laughs> at the end of the class. I think we all start yoga for different reasons. And That's why I started. I knew it. Except of you, <laughs> I've never met anybody like that. Or like I don't think we ever start yoga for the right, the right, so-called right reasons. Yeah. So then, this is the perfect moment to ask why individually the two of you started yoga and what was your purpose now to make you more comfortable um, I'll start with my story to say that what brought me to yoga was exactly what you said an imbalance uh, having to face two two things so having having to, having to face how the world and my religious background regarded my sexuality and then my mother dying those two things in combination i didn't have any tools to deal with them and nobody to turn to to talk about it and so i turned to yoga and my purpose then when i started yoga was a to figure some things out b be happy with myself and really believe that, you know, I wasn't a terrible sinner going to hell. And see, be a happier, more balanced person. So that was my purpose when I um, when I started yoga. What about you, Robbie? Why did you start? I always had a deep interest in the, you could say, the non-physical. And of course, that word non-physical can also be replaced by consciousness or God, or divine, or the universe. I always had this, this very curious mind. I was not really happy with what I saw. I was a good child. I had a, I'd say, a decent childhood. But I was somehow hungry, hungry for, you could say, knowledge. Hungry for some th something, something, something more then i found maybe in the classes uh, through teachings so then i turned to esoteric arts and then yoga found me and i always believe that yoga will find you when the moment is right sometimes it's packaged as something else a handstand workshop but that maybe might become the portal to the deeper teachings of yoga if you want to say deep, because there's no end to how far you go. Maybe for us, yeah, we start from that physical, we said, yeah, imbalance. I didn't really have big physical imbalances. I was always kind of sporty. I took, took care of my body. I think probably had more, you could say, <laughs> mental issues. <laughs> so for me, let's say the dealing with those mental challenges, maybe self-acceptance, what you mentioned mm -hmm. so yoga was just uh, just one of those tools that i tried out tested and and it worked and of course 
the techniques or maybe the styles that maybe or the teachers that I followed back then, I somehow left, of course, with respect. And with time, I discovered new teachings, new teachers, new sources. And I know that the way I look at myself probably in 10 years will be they're different. I hope when I think back on this self that I am now, I'll be like, wow, that's uh, that poor being <laughs> didn't know a thing. <laughs> so, I love the phrase of when the time is right, yoga will find you. Okay, but I think that needs a little bit of unpacking. Yeah, you, were, you, you were just at home one day and somebody knocked on the door and they said, hi, I'm from I'm from Hungry, Hungry Hungarians Yoga <laughs> Club. Please come and join us. I think it can find you, we talked about, yeah, physical disease challenges. And of course, you don't want to stay in that state of imbalance, right? So obviously, you're pushed out of your, it's not even comfort zone. It, it's it's a natural behavior that we have that you want to be healthy. You want to feel good. You want to feel happy, content. And in order to, to reach that state, of course, we try a lot of things. And, and hopefully, yeah, maybe you find a flyer, maybe your friend tried a yoga class, maybe it shows up on your Insta feed, maybe on Facebook, maybe you go to an organic supermarket and you find something. Or there's so many ways yoga can find you. And as mentioned, sometimes it's not even a word, it's something that maybe catches your eyes. Can be an interesting quote, can be an interesting book cover maybe a song um, that sounds um, interesting for you, maybe a Sanskrit mantra or someone mentioning the word chakra and that might trigger something. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways we can step into this world. There are. Just the way you say it, I have this, I, I, I have this vision of, of like death, you know, <laughs> <laughs> walking up behind you one day, finding you. But finding maybe it's 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 just maybe another way to put it. It's more like yoga was always there, or you could say this all-pervading consciousness always there. It's a lot of times we don't really see that because we create mass in our lives, in our heads. That truth, that ultimate reality is always there. We can always access it, but a lot of times because we live in this, you could call it, in this system of matrix, we, we get too much attached to this character that we play, this mask that we wear, that I'm a gay man. And everything that you see, it's based on that identification. But once you begin to uncover, dig a little bit deeper, you see that it's only a mask. It's only a story that you create. It's, it's an ego construct. Mm -hmm. And if you want to find liberation, then maybe you turn to yogic schools. Maybe you're starting to read Nietzsche. But... <laughs> <laughs> Colin, did you have a purpose when you went to your first Bikram class? No, but first I would just want to maybe invite Roby to think of that. Is it really yoga that finds you or is it at some point you who's ready for yoga, ready to go deeper than just because otherwise you could go CrossFit. I mean, like you could go running and running can be another kind of meditation, but... Is it really yoga that finds you or are you at some point ready to move into it? For me, because where I can't really embrace what Roby says is the idea that yoga has this kind of like, or the universe has this kind of like goal for you to meet yoga one day and then you're going to find a flyer and ping, it's going to make sense. 
in my experience, I think it's more that there is a moment that you get ready to find that flyers and maybe you've seen it like a hundred times. There is a moment you will be ready to go deeper, to eventually experience something you've never done before. And if you're ready, you will be able to experience even more and, and, and go deeper. I think and, it's uh, very true. It's, it's like the internet. You know, we all know that there's, <laughs> there's this ultimate infinite source of information you can download you just put one keyword and then you get hundreds of results right. so that's why i see that knowledge not just the knowledge about this planet not just about what we experience politics history art there's something beyond that and that information is there you could download it you can tap into that but it's of course you need to be ready for it and it's it's your choice you can still decide to to enjoy this life be part of this great story. Of course, it's there's a reason why you, you're here, why you're playing this game. But you can also decide to wake up. And some of us decide to wake up and maybe we'll find a flyer when the time is right. Yeah. Anyhow, so to come back to my own story, I probably started yoga two times in my life. And the first time was unconscious. And at that time, my father was practicing yoga. He practiced at some point some yoga. I was still kind of young so i don't really know the reason why i think he was struggling with like um with some stress issues and things like this so i think it and and he always had a poor health so i think that's one of the reasons why he started but at the same period of time i was around 10 12 and i had i always suffered from sleeping issues so i had a very hard time to falling asleep i was i'm still sleeping only a few hours a night but um since i was struggling with that he invited me or he gave me a few tapes And only later on, I realized that the tapes were a yoga nidra, actually. It was okay. really a, 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 travel, a journey through your body, experience the body, trying to find, to layer after layer, getting quieter and quieter. And eventually, I was listening to that before going to bed, and mm -hmm. it was helping me to, to fall asleep more easily. So that was probably the first time I was really encountered with now what I realized when I look back was already a sort of yoga, a, a, a certain practice of yoga. Later on, it was more of a conscious choice. And I don't think I had any purpose at that time. I was just going through also imbalance in my life. I wanted to do something different that I've never done, explore something that I've never done before. And, uh, and I've been to a Bikram class with a friend and through the practice past the, past the horrific experience of the first Bikram <laughs> yoga class, I sort of, I think I developed the purpose of my yoga practice as time was passing hmm. and I was getting older also and I, I started to see potentially that's why I, I wanted to make that nuance with what Roby said. I think I, it's through the practice that I could see more clearly, okay, No, I feel ready to this to do this. No, I I feel the need to maybe go a little bit deeper. No, I feel that imbalance and I I slowly gathered the different tools that could help me with the time and then that what kept me doing practice uh, practicing yoga. Mm. Really having a clear goal or a clear purpose when I started. Robbie, you talked about in 10 years time you're going to look back on yourself right now. And you kind of gave the impression that you, that you would feel sorry for yourself, or at least you would acknowledge that things had changed and that you had moved. Is that something we're all going to experience as we practice yoga? Will the purpose for our yoga change? And in your experience as a teacher, in running a studio, what have you observed about those changes? 
I believe the perception of the self will change with time. The self, how you describe the self, what you experience right now. Um, and, and, and I can, and this is just my perception that the person I was 20 years ago, it's a very different person. It Sometimes when I think about that, it feels very distant, as if it was not even me. It's, uh, it sometimes feels like, yeah, I know the story, but it's 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 not it's not me, and I think this is how we also maybe experience that change of perspective with time. And as mentioned, there's no end how how much we can really refine our consciousness, how far we travel. Even the words using far deep, it somehow implies that there's a direction to go, but it's still we're using labels of the dualistic mind. Sometimes you say yoga, it's an inward journey, but it's not necessarily inward. It's just simply waking up and realizing that you're more than this story. You're more than this self. So yeah, with time, that perception will change. And every now and then, as you practice, as you sit down to meditate, as you read, as you take a nice walk, as you hang out with your sangha, your community, you'll be able to put your consciousness somewhere else maybe out of that story what you experience right now and instead of being on the stage you'll be in the audience and not getting too much attached to what you see or experience on the stage i i can't properly attribute the story but basically it's like the two birds in the tree right mm -hmm. one of them is eating the sweet and bitter fruit and experiencing everything and the other one is just observing and you want to move from the point of being the bird that is experiencing the sweet and the bitter fruit to being the bird that just observes, that just is. That just I think it's not a want, it's, it's your choice. Would you like to find maybe liberation in this life, in, still in this physical body? Or would you like to travel through life with big ups and downs? It's, it's going to be your choice. In the end, we'll all get there. It's, it's going to be your choice, what you want to experience. Sometimes we'll hit a dead end, but again, it's, it's just a dead end. You can always turn back. If you want to walk the path of, of, of yoga or your tradition or the, the, the lineage that you believe in, or you still want to enjoy what life has to offer, not really caring about what's maybe beneath or underneath or beyond this physical, and you can make the life, the journey through life less bumpy. And for that, ideally, we all choose a spiritual path. It doesn't need to be yoga, it can be religion, can be just simply reflection, or just trying to be a nice and kind human being. Mm. The choice is always yours. How you, how you really travel these waves of life. You do seem to be offering um a choice of a theme park roller coaster or a gentle bicycle ride in the country yeah i believe yoga can make the, the the road less bumpy you still encounter challenges along the path eva matt talked about resilience but some of the skills that you gain through the practice i don't want to use powers but you gain little little powers and and abilities to avoid the next bump or you can foresee that oh okay i'm following the same path again rather than taking this path i'm going to take another path or i know that 
I've been down this road, so I don't want to hit the same dead end again. So I'm going to choose another path. Yeah, I. And again, it comes back sorry, to that um, idea of refining your awareness, catching yourself the moment before you're even doing something. So being a bit more proactive than reactive. And, and yoga basically helps us to be in that space, in that in-between space, before action and reaction. What I was implying was that the roller coaster is much more exciting than the gentle bicycle ride. <laughs> then fine, and you know, go for it. And I'm not implying here that you cannot enjoy life. What I'm trying to say, if you follow a spiritual path, and again, it doesn't need to be yoga, you build more awareness, you mm -hmm. become a bit more responsible. Ideally, you're also caring about others, also about the planet. So yeah, I think it's still important to practice a bit of discipline. So, Colin, I kind of get the impression that you're not in agreement with Robbie, that we're all going to get there in the end. Well, I'm, I'm not sure I'm not in agreement with him. It's just where I think I would maybe ask him the question if instead of if he, if he talks about uh, being on the stage or being in the audience, mm -hmm. I think to me what what it is about, it's how can we be both at the same time? Because what we are trying to do is to be the same person that at the same time sometimes can make the choice. And that's the moment to me, it becomes a choice. You choose to be on the stage and look at the audience, but you're the same person that's in the audience and sometimes choose choose just to look at the person on the stage and that's the moment with the roller coaster or the bicycle ride you can sometimes decide to yeah to go for a more bumpy ride to have like more ups and downs and to at least be mindful and aware of, uh, of that choice and sometimes you'd rather go on a bicycle ride because at some point you had enough with your ups and downs and it's it's being the same person but having the two sides of the same coin and i think it's it's the idea of of oneness rather than being two different person with your example of the birds is how can we be the same bird but being able sometimes to detach from the sensation the feeling of tasting sweet and bitter and just observing what it means and how it feels for this other almost other person like in a class i think we can with meditation and, and sometimes when we reach that that level in a yoga class, I think we are able to really feel what's happening in the body without experiencing it. Mm. I don't know if it's if it's clear. And I think that's what maybe Ruby means. I'm not saying that you need to reach that state of you're just purely the observer. What we can learn maybe through the practice of yoga or spirituality is that you have the power, you have the ability to alter your your perception and you can per perceive yourself as a human being as a man sitting here working here in brussels but you can also perceive yourself someone who is not limited by all these labels that you think you are and that's through devoted practice discipline you develop that power that you can alter your frequency and perception at will just simply realizing that Yes, I have a human body. I have, have have this body to feed, but I'm much more than that. Yep. And that creates even more freedom in your life as a human being. And that's that's one of the the maybe goals, purposes, and some of the lineages lineages to reach a state 
in this physical body, you could say liberation, to, to be in that state, we can call it Jivan Mukti, that you become free, uh, but still you're part of this world. Yeah, I'm You can yeah walk through life, but not really getting affected by the waves, the ups and downs, the I'm bumps. Liberation, that's the, that's the word that if you weren't going to say it, I was going to say it. Liberation gives the impression that you're no longer buffeted about by the bitter and the sweet, by the ups and downs, um, even when they happen, because your experience of them is different, because you're, um, you're closer to samadhi, and you're m more in equilibrium, as you said before. Um, whereas freedom sort of, freedom nowadays sort of means the ability to, to do things and not worry about the consequences. And it didn't used to mean that, but that's what it means now. And I, I really do like the idea of, of liberation um, mm. more than freedom. Yeah. Taking it down to the practical what what's the practical purpose to our um to our daily practice for those of us who have a daily practice and those of us who don't but are thinking about it how does the purpose of yoga fit in with that idea of finding a reason to come to the mat every morning as we said a little bit before i think you can have many purposes and uh if i come back to more rational point of view some studies said that basically um they're like a few studies and also as out of experience here seeing people coming to the studio i think the number one reason why people are coming it's for the physical physical aspect and you have like a big group of people that are coming for a physical aspect whether it's losing weight whether it's like being more flexible whether it's being able to do handstand to impress your lover it is in that group you also have the the subgroup that comes just because they need a complementary practice to what they already do so if you you have runners that that knows they need a little bit more stretching so they will come to yoga for that part of the of the practice uh you have rock climbers and those kind of things i think that might be one of the reason one of the purpose or at Y yoga you have dancers and you have yes indeed you have a lot of dancers there's a huge proportion of dancers here that are that are coming because it's uh, it's it's good for them to basically relax the joints and and do also another and it's really a dad drone also to the practice because i think there is this element of dance a little bit especially in the vinyasa yeah and you have a second group i would say that comes for the mental part of it so because it's overstress anxiety depression and then they come they come more to try to address that in in their life. So yeah. in the daily practice, I think that's the main two groups, main the two main reasons why why people are coming to practice. As we mentioned earlier, also along the way, you can if you come only for the physical part, hopefully you'll you'll discover other areas of the of the yoga practice. Whether you come for the mental part, maybe it's also good. And like I've never been as opposed as Ruby, I've never been so physical in my life, and I. <laughs> I discovered that it felt good also just to to take care of a little bit of my physical body rather than just staying in my head. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it goes, it's like a pendulum. It goes both ways. Maybe you come for one reason, you'll discover the other one. And, and that goes two sides, I would say. In today's climate, so we are, here we are a year later in a very similar situation to where we were a year ago in terms of um, how we have to live life. 
a lot of people will perhaps be doing yoga every day just to go, mm -hmm. can I get through this day? Mm -hmm. Yoga will help me get through this day. I would say it's a healthy distraction. Of course, it can also be overdone. So we have to practice moderation sometimes. Maybe I just wanted to add one thought or one maybe big purpose why we could consider doing yoga on a more regular basis. And just one simple word, it's purification. It's it's like uh, tapas. Taking, taking a shower or brushing your teeth. You need to do it on a regular basis because the world is so much nicer when you feel clean. And it's also nicer for the world when you're clean. So yeah, yeah. keep on keep on cleaning your body, keep on washing <laughs> your body, and and keep on doing yoga because that helps you to remain clean. To as Colin mentioned, to to keep moving because we are meant to move, we meant to stretch, we meant to to breathe, we we meant to basically flow, dance. So yoga is just there for you to, to challenge your body and calm the mind on a daily basis. If you're not into yoga philosophy, if yoga yet, if yoga philosophy hasn't yet found you, do the two of you have any ideas about what other, you know, where else you could turn to? For sure, you need a, a system for taking care of your body, a smart system. It doesn't need to be yoga. It can be qigong, tai chi, can be martial arts. But again, just uh, find a system that's smart enough that suits your needs today, knowing that your needs will change tomorrow. But as mentioned earlier, our bodies were meant to move, flow, stretch. We we need to nourish this body, not through not only through food, but also through movement. Otherwise, you're starting to age, and aging is not always, I'd say, that graceful. So we can make that aging a bit more graceful by choosing a smart physical practice. Again, yeah, doesn't need to be yoga. Next to that, if you're not into philosophy, it's still important to feed your mind. If you're drawn to nutrition, so many nice books out there, take a course, follow someone on YouTube, Insta, learn new recipes. If you're, for example, drawn to oriental philosophies, I really love the teachings of Taoism. If you're drawn to that, look it up. It's, it's a beautiful system. I also love some of the things that also come from that maybe philosophy or school uh, we talked about this earlier the book of changes Yiching. Uh, if you're drawn to more working with the forces of nature maybe seek out the shaman Colin would uh, probably argue that for me shamanism it's 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 a beautiful world that again takes you out of this very physical plane and helps you to connect with another realm yeah so many great systems out there yoga is at least to my knowledge one of the only system that incorporates a lot of aspects because it's true that you can do a physical practice because we need to move and there are plenty of uh, different physical practices that you can do there are plenty of other mental practices you can do i think the beauty of yoga and it's also part of its success in a way air quotes saying success but it's the fact that it combines a little bit of of all this you have breath works you have physical practice you have mental practice you have all those elements that helps you to to navigate through all that but if you're not into yoga or if you're not in yoga philosophy i personally find some some interest in in more western philosophy 
whether it's niche or other philosophers that I found kind of interesting and I try to read or sometimes it's a little bit complicated also so I'm trying to read articles or listen to other podcasts for example about philosophy see what I can grasp and after that I, I, I decide which one I want to follow or with, with which uh, philosopher or which current I am more resonating with and apart from that I would say go for anything that you feel could help you to reach that place of, of harmony people can also as long as they find that way to to reach that state of equanimity to reach that state of freedom liberation i think they can do whatever they want whether whether it's reading different kind of books it doesn't to me it doesn't necessarily need to be philosophy it doesn't need necessarily to be intellectual can be also just having a Roby says I'm surprised he didn't talk about it today. It can be a walk in the forest and that's <laughs> gonna give you the same. It is finding the practice that you can sustain and that you that and that, that gonna brings you that and that ultimately is gonna help you to to feel one, feel whole. So thank you for listening. We've been talking about the purpose or purposes of yoga. And don't forget that you can always talk to any of your teachers and Colin and Robbie if you want to discuss any of this further or if you would like links to resources that might be helpful. They'll be in the newsletter and on the website. <laughs>